0: The reading is Genesis chapter 26, verses 1 to 16, and can be found on page 27 in the Red Bibles. We have Bibles in other languages and versions available at the back, and page numbers for those are on the screen. Now, there was a famine in the land, besides the previous famine in Abraham's time, and Isaac went to Abimelech king of the Philistines in Gera. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him keeping my commands, my decrees and my instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gera. When the men of that place asked him about his wife he said, she is my sister, because he was afraid to say, she is my wife. He thought, the men of this place might kill me on account of Rebekah, because she is beautiful. When Isaac had been there a long time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked down from a window and saw Isaac caressing his wife, Rebecca. So Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, is really your wife why did you say she is my sister isaac answered him because i thought i might lose my life on account of her then abimelech said what is this you have done to us one of the men might well have slept with your wife and you would have brought guilt upon us so abimelech gave orders to all the people anyone who harms this man or his wife, shall surely be put to death. Isaac planted crops in that land, and the same year reaped a hundredfold, because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us, you have become too powerful for us. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks so much, Cherry, uh, for reading that to to us. Let's uh, Let's take a look at, um, we're, we're going to take a look at that passage together. Um, if I can, just say some, uh, just a couple of preliminaries uh, before we get going, yes, there's, there's a good couple of them, um, I appreciate that you might have enjoyed the service this morning on the radio. Somebody said to me that, I don't really you'll quite get my radio voice this morning. Someone said you have a radio voice, Paul, um, and uh, so you get my regular voice, To to what my regular voice is. Um, can I, I, I just wanted to kind of publicly acknowledge and say thank you to so many people who do make... Um, that service happened. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, can I encourage you to do that? Um, Ollie um, and the t- music team just they do such a stellar job. The music is e- exceptional um, and it involves Katie who you can hear this morning uh, and Amy um, uh, as well and Sarah and uh, uh, her leading and then there are others involved like um, Shika and Phoebe and Manny and Joe and people behind the scenes like Jez and Jack and, and Phil who... Um, uh, kind of from the BBC, side I was organising it. it. I guess that my prayer, and, and uh, it would be great to pray that the, it is useful in the nation, that people would still listen and hear that God loves them and, uh, and, and wants to know them. So do pray um, for it and, and do listen in Can I encourage you, the music is um, stellar um, uh, and, and well worth listening to. Um, another preliminary, um, I've been taking us through this early part of Genesis and will continue to do so, but next week we have a, a visiting speaker called Reverend Jim King, who is uh, in fact father of um, Uh, our warden, John King, Um, and I'm hoping to be able to interview him. Um, He has been most recently a rector in New York, um, but uh, has a very interesting career prior to ministry as well. He was um, working um, in Northern Ireland uh, for the government around the time of the Good Friday Agreement. Um, He was working in Washington around the time of 9-11. So has made it through some quite significant moments of history in recent times. Um, And I'm hoping to interview him and we'll hear from him next week. Um, So just to tee that up for you and encourage you um, in that. And then lastly, um, yesterday um, was um, the uh, wedding of um, Chris and Maria. Maria is our church administrator. Now our passage this morning has a marriage theme to it, so it didn't seem inappropriate to put up a, uh, a picture of Chris and Maria as they were yesterday um, uh, getting married. And the cake that you can see there um, was made by um, Sophie Donan, who won the Platts Bake Off and, and put together that uh, extraordinary cake. Um, uh, and it was a great day of, of celebration. Marriage is a, a, a theme of where we're going. And the cake has even more layers Um, than the family tree of of Genesis, if I can kind of make that segue um, into... (laughs) I I have been talking about, as we've looked through the early part of this book, um, I've said that we call it God's promises unfold in the mess, unfold in the complexity of... Uh, of the family tree and the lives of those in Genesis. And I talked about the promises being particularly the people, the place and the blessing that God was beginning for his people. And it continues through the Bible and is for us. We are being drawn together as his people. There is a place ultimately that we're going to, a new creation, a new heaven and a new earth, and a blessing that he wants to both give us and be through us to a world that they might know him. And they are for us, and they, ca- they happen in this complex, multi-layered um, family tree. And I put this up each week as well, just to show you. Um, and you'll know that most of our time has been spent um, around here with, um, uh, or is going to be spent with, with Jacob and, and that um, uh, layer of the four generations. But today we are going back in time, um, just a, a step to Isaac and Rebecca, um, and the focus is on, on them before the twins are born. And, and as I've looked at it, I think the reason why we get this passage here, um, it is something of, you might've read it and thought, well, that's a funny passage and almost laughed. Um, it, it is almost like light relief between the two struggles, uh, pa- passage of struggle between Jacob and Esau. There is a moment, if you're, you, know, a, 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 you need light and shade. Um, and there is that. Kind of, it's got a serious message, but it is the tone of it is um, is almost funny. It wouldn't be out of place as a sitcom episode. And the and the headings that I've got for us today are maybe in that spirit. Maybe in, you know, if you enjoyed something like Fraser, something like that, they're the kind of headings that you'll see we'll put up. Um, and the message of it here is a reminder of the. The natural, the inbuilt weakness of the material that God chooses to work with, humans like us. If you're an artist, you might pick your materials, uh, you might work with some and you might say oh, some materials are better to work with than others. Here is God's material and a reminder, there is, there is this inbuilt weakness in the people that he chooses to work with and yet we'll see reminders of how he unfolds his promises through people like this and people like us. So, um, we'll take us through, and I'm gonna, uh, uh, the, the longest bit is the, is the first part of the story, um, and we start with this, um, like father, like son. Now, there is a famine in the land, if you, if you want to uh, have a, a quick look at the, the Bible again, there's a famine in the land, besides the previous famine in Abraham's time, just little mental notes, little flag, Abraham, remember him, we'll come back to him in a bit, that's what the writer's doing. Isaac goes to this guy called Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar, or... Uh, I'm trying to remember how Cherry pronounced it because it will be right and I'll try to follow her. Um, the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Don't go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Now, so you've got to imagine there's a famine and um, where they are. And what's the natural thing to do? If there's a famine, resources are going to be scarce. Do you go to the big city um, uh, nearby because that's going to be much more, much more likely to survive and, and there's probably more resources there? Do you go to Egypt? Um, as a, as a sensible move for your family. And the Lord says, well, there is this famine, but I don't want you to go there. I want you to stay here. Will you, stay in, will you trust me and stay where you are? Don't go to the big city. I know it looks appealing. I know there are, there's, there's places that you might want to go. Stay here. And with it comes this uh, reiteration of the promises. Stay in this land for a while and I will be with you. I will bless you. Uh, For you and your descendants, I will give these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. So the the, the people, the place, the blessing is a reminder. Look, stay here, trust me. I know what I'm doing. Don't go to the big city um, where I... I know you'll you'll, you'll kind of think to yourself, shall we go... And the context, you've got famine, there's there's scarce resources, and it's not as though staying here is just, well, that's okay, it's fine here, we can stay, it's nice. It's quite complex to stay. um, Verse 7 implies, the fact that he's worried, implies, and talks about the men of this place, implies them. you know, this is not a peaceful place. Presumably, maybe there are, you know, local armed groups smuggling resources around, maybe it's dangerous, uh, to stay there. He's naturally worried, well if I do stay here and I trust you God, what, what's going to happen? Um, when the man of that place asked about his wife, he said um, she's my sister because he was afraid to say this to my wife. The man of this place might kill me. If you're worried that people are going to kill you, it's, you, you get the context uh, of, of what it means for him to stay. And Isaac shows us, I guess, that mix of faith and Fear. That mix of faith and fear. So faith, because he does stay, um, uh, verse 6 for short, Isaac stayed there. He does stay, he doesn't go to the big city. Okay, Lord, you want me to stay here? There is, he shows, uh, there's a real trust and a faith. But fear, because he kind of, okay, I, I, okay, I'll stay, I'll trust you, but I'm, I'm worried about my life, um, so why don't we try this whole thing where I'm going to call you, Rebecca, my sister? Uh, I'm going to call you my sister. You're my wife, but I'm going to call you my sister because I think to myself, well, they might kill me. Um, so let's try this kind of clever switcheroo thing. Uh, and I'm going to call you my sister. Now, we don't, we don't get Rebecca's response as to whether this was a good idea. But here is, here is that mix of faith, and fear. I trust you, Lord, but I'm not sure to trust you with everything. Um, there's a commentator called um, Derek Kidney. If ever you come across this stuff, it's really just it's so insightful. Um, and He talks about this and says um, that blend, that funny mix of faith and fear produces a, a particular kind of meanness in, in religious people. Um, if he had just had faith and said, okay, Lord, I trust you, let's, we'll, we'll stay here and we'll go, I might die, but I'll trust you. That's one way of doing it. If he had fear and said, uh, no, I'm going to, we're going to Egypt, let's, let's just go. That's another way of doing it. But what he does is this halfway house, yeah, okay, we'll stay, but I'm going to load all the potential threat onto my wife by making her... The one who could end up in difficulty. I'm going to save my own skin. Do you see what he's? And it, it, he, there's a particular kind of mean, meanness that comes to. How have you ended up, sort of, in the name of doing the right thing? You've ended up putting your wife Rebecca in this very precarious situation. It's a funny mix, isn't it? It's quite. I, but there is another part of this story which we need to know, which is that his father Abraham had done this before. Now, if you don't know the story of Abraham, almost straight after he's given the promises, he uh, has done this before where he was in a situation where worried about his own life, he called his wife, Sarah, his sister. The idea being that if that's the case, that he's not going to be under threat. Um, but again, it loads the threat onto her. And would you believe, if you can imagine this, he did it twice in his life. There are two occasions if you want to look it up later, uh, Genesis um, uh, 12 from verse 10 and Genesis 20 from verse one. And twice he goes through these situations where he says, well, look, well, let's try and pass you off as my sister because it'll protect me. Now you would think, wouldn't you, having done this and it not gone well, you would think he might at some point have sat down his son and say, son, if ever there comes a point in life where you're tempted to pass off your wife as your sister, don't do it. It's just not a good idea. The Lord told me off a couple of times about this, but apparently he didn't. Or if he did, if he did, his son didn't listen. The Pathfinders are with us this morning. If there are times in your life, Pathfinders, where you look at your parents and think, why on earth do you do these things? Um, I don't understand why you do them, and I'm never going to do what you do. I'm never going to be like that. I need to sadly tell you that in about 10, 15, 20 years, you're going to find yourself at a point where you go, I have turned into my mom or dad. I don't know why that is, but I have. And anyone here will tell you, that moment comes where you think, oh, I've turned into my dad or my mom, whatever it might be. I make the same mistakes. And the unfolding of this, you can't miss the fact that these are repeated mistakes that God's people are making. And Isaac is doing exactly the same, same thing as that his father Abraham did. And there is this, inbuilt, almost sort of chronic, natural weakness in the people God chooses to work with and the material that he works with. And I think we find it hard, and often repeatedly hard, to trust God's promises when it doesn't look to us like things will be okay. I can trust God up to a point when I think he's going to do all right, but when I don't think he's going to get it right, I can't quite trust him all the way. There might be all sorts of uh, situations where that follows. If you think, well of course I, I want to trust you Lord with my finances, uh, I, I want to do that. Um, but then when, when you're really worried about whether you'll have enough, is it, can I really trust him then? Can I really trust to give him of my finances when I'm worried about whether I'll have enough? I do want to trust you with uh, my children, Lord. I do, I do want to do that. But of course, when I start to get nervous about their education, can I trust you all the way with that? I don't know what the things might be for you. There may be things relationally in family life. That funny mix of faith and fear. The Bible's very realistic about the human heart this funny mix of faith and fear, and the impulses that go in slightly different directions. And to see how he loads that uh, on on Rebecca uh, and transfers it there uh, is startling. I think that's why this passage comes where it does. Why we get a flashback to Isaac in between these two stories, last week and next week, of the struggle between Jacob and Esau. That struggle between those two voices is all about, can I get God's blessing my way? Can I get it on my own terms? And I wonder if what we get in the middle here is, do you see that, that mixture of fear and faith that, that is underpinning that? Here is the reminder that in generations before, Isaac did exactly the same thing. Can I trust you entirely, God? Or are there things where I think, hmm, you're not going to get that right, so I'm going to need to sort that out? Like father, like son. Um, secondly, when your pagan neighbour shows you up. Um, uh, Isaac had been there a long time, verse 8. Now, the long time is meant to remind us that, okay, so he's been there a long time, and he hasn't died, so they didn't come after him, and maybe he was getting you know, more worried than he needs to be. And the long time also reminds us that so that's a long time to pull off pretending that your wife is your sister. And so, one day, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, is looking down from a window and he sees Isaac caressing his wife, Rebecca. Now, um, I need to sort of be as blunt as I can. The Bible is, it, 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 I said it's like a sitcom. It, it, um, he is flirting with his wife and then some. Okay, it is, it, it is, it is really obvious he, Abimelech is looking out the window and going, oh, look, there's Isaac and Rebecca. There's Isaac, Isaac and Rebecca. That's Isaac and his sister. Why are you doing that with your sister? Isaac, you shouldn't be doing that with your sister. Isaac, that's not your sister. <laughs> it's meant to be that kind of moment. She is really your wife. Um, and so he drags him in and says, look, <laughs> you know, we were, I was watching a 12 version of this, and now we were suddenly into a 15, and this is not what it was meant to be what are you doing? Why did you say she's my sister? And Isaac says, because I thought I might lose my life on account of her. And Abimelech responds, what is this you've done to us? One of the men might have slept with your wife. uh, uh, You put her in that jeopardy. You would have brought guilt upon us. Abimelech gave orders to all the people. Anyone who harms this man uh, or his wife shall surely be put to death. Um, Ironically, when you look at it, Abimelech... Uh, he's the pagan neighbour, is the one who brings boundaries and integrity to this situation. He's the one who's showing up to the believer and saying, you know, this really isn't right. Things are meant to be in the right order in the right way. Uh, and ironically, God is using him to just to, to expose Isaac and to expose that, that mix of fear. Can you imagine him trying to explain? <laughs> because I didn't quite... I trusted God, so I stayed here, but I didn't quite trust God, so I did this chicanery with, with my sister and wife thing. And, and well, where did that land you, Isaac? says Abimelech. Let's restore this. Anyone who harms this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Actually, there are boundaries uh, that he brings around. And then, lastly, in the, uh, uh, the, the final scene, you'll, I guess this is the question that it leaves us with. Isn't grace amazing? The final paragraph here, um, I've, I've put as a window into the rest of the chapter, which continues in this way. Um, Isaac planted crops in the land, and the same year reaped uh, a hundredfold, because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds uh, that the Philistines envied him, um, and then they, they stop up the wells that his, father, uh, his father's servants had dug up and then then they're asked to move away because he's become so powerful and wealthy. The rest of the chapter, um, there's lots lots more uh, well shenanigans um, as Isaac gathers more uh, wealth and territory um, and opens up some wells. And the picture is one of God's blessing on him, uh, of him increasingly growing into that, That blessing, it's a a blessing here seen materially at this point, growing into the land as he gathers more of the the territory as he grows in in, um, uh, uh, his, uh, I guess, his sort of influence in the region. And here is God delivering on those promises, step by step, and delivering on those promises despite everything we've just talked about this morning. Delivering on these promises, despite the repeated mistakes that Isaac has made. Despite the fact that he seems to, to follow in the footsteps of his father and make exactly the same mistakes that have happened before, that he's this mix of faith and fear, God unfolds and delivers on his promises. And you, you have to you kind of I, I said it it's both a serious and a light episode. You have to kind of stand back and go, Isn't grace amazing? That he would he would work through Isaac like that. That he hasn't said, Well, that was the last time I deal with the wife sister thing and you got her out. That he was prepared to work through and continue to unfold his promises. I don't know if you can see that I guess this is where I want us to land. God's promises aren't thwarted by the weakness and the frailty of the human material he's working with. They're not thwarted by that. Uh, he does work through people like Isaac. He works; he can work through people like you and me in our weakness and in the mess, as we have, uh, if you listen in, we talk about this morning on the radio. It is an amazing uh, picture of grace, the fact that the the, the second half of the chapter takes us and just shows us how Isaac is growing. The promises are gradually making their way through despite every instinct that would say this is comically ridiculous on the part of God's people to let him down time and again. And as you stand back, just I want to kind of just give us a, a, a whole um, Bible and, and uh, gospel lens just to look through this. The story, um, I said it stands in between the, the, the parts of the Jacob story. We'll carry on with that next week. It stands there. It's, you don't get too much more about Isaac other than this. But here is a picture of something which the Gospel tells us Jesus came to reverse and undo. Let me explain. Isaac, in fear of his life, puts his own bride at risk what it comes down to. In fear of his life, he loads the threat onto his bride, Rebecca. The way the Bible talks about Jesus, in the whole stretch of the Bible from beginning to end and and, and as we look towards, is of a bridegroom, we started with a wedding, a bridegroom who comes for his bride. Uh, One day there will be a, a final wedding that will be seen between Jesus and his bride, and his bride is us the people who are following him, if you're following him today. And if Isaac feared for his life and loaded all of the risk onto his own bride, Jesus reverses and, and undoes that. He comes and he lays down his own life that his bride may not be put at risk. See, the way that the, the Bible unfolds a story, a, even a small story like this, where you think, what on earth is going on? Jesus comes and rather than putting his bride, you and me, at risk, he says, look, I came to die. I came to, uh, to die a, a death that, that you deserve. I'll lay down my life because I want to know you. I want you to be my bride, and I don't want you to be ultimately put at risk. I want your life to be saved, so I will lay down mine. And that is the, the warmth of the gospel and the extraordinary nature of God's grace that he would unfold his promises amid the mess of our human lives, that he's not thwarted by them. And the repeated mistake, and if, the, if you're thinking, yes, you know, time and again, the repeated mistakes that I have made, there is no point from which you cannot come back. That is the amazing nature of God's grace. And it sits like a, a banner over this unfolding story of Jacob, which will take us... Uh, over these next few weeks, to see more and more of the riches of his grace and his ability to work in our lives, so why don 't we pray together, gracious father we uh, we read these stories do you we Look at Isaac and Rebecca and wonder and even laugh and, uh, and, and look at the, the crazy nature of the story and then reflect on our own lives and see the ways in which repeated mistakes happen and we fall into the same patterns and there is this weakness in us and we feel and sense it, Lord, and yet your grace and your ability to work through us shines all the brighter. I pray it would do for us this morning. I pray you'd remind us of that as we go into this week. Whatever happens in this week your grace covers and can shine through. In Jesus' name, amen.